Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. Let's read. Paul writes, Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write to you again about this is no trouble for me and is a protection for you. Watch out for dogs. Watch out for evil workers. Watch out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision, the ones who serve by the Spirit of the Almighty, boast in the Messiah, Yeshua, and do not put confidence in the flesh. Although I once had confidence in the flesh, too. If anyone else thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, persecuting the church, as to the righteousness that is in the law, blameless. But everything that was a gain to me, I have considered to be a loss because of the Messiah. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing the Messiah, Yeshua, my Lord, my Master. Because of Him, I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them filth so that I may gain the Messiah and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in the Messiah. The righteousness from the Almighty, based on faith. My goal is to know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death, assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead. May Yahweh bless His word to our hearts today. As humans, we have the tendency to put confidence in the things that we accomplish And what I mean is that the more that we succeed and the more that we do, we feel that we are earning our placement and that we're climbing the ladder. And it's the same with knowledge. We acquire a little bit of knowledge and we want to share it. And sometimes we want to shove it on everybody. We want other people to realize that we know the answers and we have the solutions. Accomplishments and knowledge acquired from hard work are good things, but they must be kept in their proper perspective. We can use those things for the glory of Yahweh, or we can use them to glorify flesh. Now I can tell you this. I say this from experience. The more that I learn, the more I realize I don't know. The deeper I study, the more I recognize that there's so much information in this book that we call the Bible that I've only begun to take a little small fingernail and put a tiny scratch in the surface. I do not believe that the closer a person gets to Yahweh, the Father, the more confidence they have in themselves. I used to think that it worked that way. Now I realize that when we see ourselves feeling more confident in ourselves, usually we're drawing farther away from Father Yahweh. I believe that the closer a man or a woman gets to Yahweh, the less confidence they have in themselves. 
And this is because the closer a person gets to Yahweh, the more details they see about Yahweh. They see Yahweh's holiness and righteousness clearer. They see His strength and His power clearer. They see His majesty and His beauty. And they see all of these things more clear the closer that they get to Him. And thus they realize how far they are away from His righteousness. Now a moment ago we read Philippians 3, 1-11. And I'm not going to dissect all of these verses in detail like I normally would when I teach verse by verse. Instead, today, I want to focus on an issue found in these verses concerning self-confidence. What I mean when I say that is self-confidence in salvation or justification. Being declared right and pure in the eyes of Yahweh. I want to focus on what Paul says here. Now the author here is Paul. And he's writing to a congregation of believers in the Messiah. And Paul says at the end of verse 3 that the mark of a believer is that they boast in the Messiah. And they do not put confidence in the flesh. He says, we are the circumcision. And what he means is this. We're the ones. The ones that boast in the Messiah and the ones that put no confidence in the flesh we're the ones that are truly circumcised. And obviously we know he's talking about heart circumcision, not physical circumcision there. Paul sees a contrast between one, those who are trusting in physical fleshly matters for their righteousness, versus those who are boasting in Yeshua and putting no confidence in the flesh for their salvation. And Paul is warning the Philippians of those who are seeking to pull them into a trap of self-righteousness by the law. Paul is giving a warning here to the believers in the Messiah to watch out for these type of people. In verse 4, Paul says this, Although I once, or I used to, have confidence in the flesh too. If anyone else thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Paul admits that he used to be in the group that he is now teaching against. He once put confidence in himself for his salvation and his righteousness. He once boasted in his accomplishments. He once believed that he was righteous in the law of Yahweh. He once thought that who he was and what he did earned his way into the kingdom of heaven. And he says that if anyone else, and that includes the Philippians, other people at that time, and any of us today, if anyone else thinks that they have grounds for confidence, Paul has more grounds for confidence than we do. If we think our righteousness is by who we are, if Matthew thinks that I have confidence in what I do or who I am, Paul has more grounds or basis for self-confidence. That's what he's saying. And he then lists all the things that he used to put confidence in. Let's read them again in verses 5 through 6, Philippians 3. He lists these things and he says this, Circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal persecuting the church, 
and as to the righteousness in the law, blameless. Those are the credentials that Paul once would flash at people who question his righteousness. Do you want to know how righteous I am? Here's my card. Here's my credentials. That used to be Paul's confidence. That used to be where he boasted. Paul was circumcised on the eighth day as prescribed in the law. He probably specifies the eighth day because there were some descendants of Abraham and some Israelites, if you read the book of Joshua early on, who were not circumcised on the eighth day, as particularly described in the law. Well, the law specifies it to be done on the eighth day. And Paul said he's an eighth dayer. Literally in the Greek it reads he's an eighth dayer. It's one of those things that he used to put confidence in. Paul was also from the nation of Israel, Yahweh's chosen special nation. And not just from any tribe, but from the tribe of Benjamin or Benjamin. A tribe that remained loyal to Yahweh when the nation of Israel split into two houses in the book of 1 Kings under the reign of Solomon's sons, Jeroboam and Rehoboam. Benjamin remained loyal to Yahweh with the tribe of Judah. The tribe of Benjamin stemmed from Jacob Israel's youngest son from his wife Rachel, who was Jacob Israel's beloved wife. Rachel died giving birth to Benjamin in Genesis 35, and Jacob Israel named him Benjamin. We say Benjamin. That name means the son of my right hand. Paul then says, another thing he used to put confidence in, was he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. This probably means he was of note even among the Hebrews. He was top of his class, so to speak. His lineage and his knowledge was impeccable. Paul says that as to the law, he was a Pharisee. The word Pharisee, you've heard me teach on it, parashim in Hebrew, it means a separatist, one who separates himself from everybody else because they're so strict in the law. In Acts 23, verse 6, Paul says that he was a Pharisee and a son of Pharisees, so it ran in his family. In Acts 26, verse 5, Paul says that according to the strictest party of our religion, I lived as a Pharisee. Now remember, the Pharisees were viewed as strict because they were meticulous in the letter of the law. You could not find a reason to accuse a Pharisee by the letter of the law. They crossed all the T's, they dotted all the I's, and they went sometimes above and beyond the law, and they would build fences around the law so as to make sure they didn't disobey that law. And then sometimes they'd build a fence around the fence to keep them from disobeying that letter of the law. Paul says this was him. And then he adds, as to the righteousness that is in the law, I was blameless. What Paul is saying is that people could look at him outwardly and you could not find any fault with him. This is prior to his being converted to believe in the Messiah. This is before he believed in the Messiah. These are the things that he put confidence in. Nobody could find any fault with him. He wore everything that he was supposed to wear. He prayed all the right prayers. He knew all the right scriptures. And he knew the ins and the outs of all the specifics in the law. He probably had large blocks of the Torah memorized by heart. No one could accuse him with the letter of the law. Paul also says that one of the things he used to put confidence in was the persecution of the church. 
And that proved that he was zealous. He was so zealous in his Phariseeism that he arrested and put in prison those who believed that Yeshua of Nazareth was the promised Messiah for the nation of Israel. Believers in Yeshua were hated severely by most Pharisees. Paul was there. When Stephen was stoned in Acts 6 and 7, Saul of Tarsus, who was later called Paul, was standing there okaying the stoning of Stephen. Stephen had done nothing to deserve to be stoned. But he violated what the Judahite leaders and the Pharisees believed. And so they began to hurl stones at him. Remember when he looked up to heaven and he he said, I see the glory of Yahweh and Yeshua standing at the right hand of Yahweh? And they shut their ears and they gnashed their teeth and they picked up stones and they hurled rocks at Stephen, a believer. Saul, who was also called Paul, was there. He was there saying, yes, we're doing the Almighty a favor by stoning this man. It was a fulfillment of what Yeshua had told his disciples that the time would come when there would be people that would kill you thinking they're doing the Almighty a favor or a service. Now all of these things Paul lists here in Philippians 3, 5 through 6 are what he used to put confidence in. And it's a pretty good list, isn't it? It's not a list of sins. It's a list of things that are good. But these are the things he used to put confidence in. And let me tell you, it sure beats Matthew's list. If Matthew thinks he has grounds to put confidence in the flesh, Paul has more. He beats my list by a long shot. I'm circumcised, but it wasn't done on the eighth day, so I'm not an eighth dayer like Saul was. I cannot prove to you that I'm an Israelite. And what I mean by that is, I do not have genealogical records like Paul did. Much less can I prove to you what tribe... I am from, even if I am an Israelite. I can't prove either of those. Paul knew both beyond a shadow of a doubt. And not just in his mind. He had the genealogy tables to prove it at that time. His pedigree was impeccable. I did not grow up a Pharisee trained in the law like Paul did. He beats me on that too. I grew up as a Pentecostal. And just because they both start with a P, that doesn't mean they're the same thing, right? I didn't grow up a Pharisee, the strictest party in the Hebrew faith at that time. I didn't sit at the feet of Gamaliel, a very learned and noted teacher in Israel at that time. I did not learn the intricacies of the Torah from Gamaliel like Paul did. I did not study under a teacher like that. My earlier life was nowhere near Paul's when it comes to being blameless in the law. I didn't grow up being taught the letter of the law like Paul. And I certainly was never of such Pharisaic zeal to be a persecutor of those who place faith in Yeshua. That was looked upon at that time as a prestigious thing. You really are a servant of the Almighty Creator if you persecute those who believe that Yeshua is the promised Messiah. That was looked upon as a good thing. That's why Paul said, as concerning zeal, I persecuted the church. Well, Paul says, if anyone thinks he has grounds for self-confidence, I have more. And he's right. He does. He does have more grounds than any of us. But in verse 7, in Philippians 3, verse 7, he says, 
But everything that was a gain to me, I have considered to be a loss because of the Messiah. He's talking about all the things we just went through in verses 5 through 6. Everything I used to put over here in my profit column that I boasted in, I've now, since I found the Messiah, I've moved them from my profit column over here to my loss column in comparison with knowing the Messiah. Paul goes one step further in verse 8. This is a very strong statement. In verse 8 he says, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing knowledge of knowing the Messiah Yeshua, my Master. Because of Him, I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them filth so that I may gain the Messiah. Those are strong words, brothers and sisters. Because of the Messiah, because of my belief in the Messiah, I've suffered the loss of all things. That's why I'm being persecuted. That's why I've been beaten upon my back. That's why all these bad things are happening to me and I've been stoned and left for dead. Not because of everything that I used to list in my prophet column, but because now I know the Messiah. I wasn't looking for Him. I'm speaking on behalf of Paul here. I wasn't looking for Him but he sure was looking for me when I was on the road to persecute believers in him. He was looking for me and he found me and he showed me that I had really nothing to boast in whatsoever. He said, I consider all these things filth. Filth. That word literally means dung. The King James Version actually says dung. Excrement, feces. Refuse, something that you throw away. Paul is saying, everything that used to be a gain to me, I consider all of that refuse, my gain, is now the Messiah. Paul says in verse 9, I want to be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in the Messiah. The righteousness from the Almighty Based on faith. On faith. Paul came to the realization, and we all need to come to the realization, Paul knew that when Yahweh looks at me, when the Holy Creator looks at me and sees me, I don't want Him to see what I think are my accomplishments. I don't want to be found as righteous by what I've done, or by what tribe I'm from, or by what day I was circumcised on, or that I'm of notoriety among the Hebrews, or that I was zealous in persecuting who I thought was the enemy. I don't want Yahweh to look at me and find me in any of those ways. I want Yahweh to look at me, and I want Him to find me in His Son, the Messiah. I want to be wrapped in the robe of righteousness by the Lamb of Yahweh, which is a perfect, perfect robe. No stains. It's a garment that's washed and it's whiter than snow, brothers and sisters. Paul knew he needed the blood of the Lamb of Yahweh, Yeshua of Nazareth, smeared upon the doorpost and the lintel of his soul. And that's why he said in Philippians 3.9, I want to be found in Him. I want to boast in Him. In verse 9... There is one, a righteousness of my own from the law. And then there's two, a righteousness from Yahweh based on faith in Yeshua the Messiah. 
And Paul says that the righteousness based on faith in the Messiah is where Paul puts his confidence now. All of that other stuff, when compared to Yeshua, was filth. No longer in the prophet column. It was now in the lost column. As he said earlier in verse 3, he boasts in Yeshua and puts no confidence in the flesh. So brothers and sisters, where does our confidence lay? If we think that we have grounds, if Matthew thinks that, that I have grounds to boast, Paul has more. Paul's credentials were a lot better than Matthew's. His list is better than mine. Paul is teaching us here to repent of boasting in ourselves. To repent of trusting in our works. But Brother Matthew, faith without works is dead. And if we have salvation, we'll produce fruit, Brother Matthew. Listen, I know all of those scriptures. I've preached on all of those verses. And I believe all of those verses. I believe Matthew 7, 21 through 23. I believe James 2, 14 through 26. And you know what? Paul believed them as well. They were the words of Yeshua, his master and Yaakov, his fellow brother, in the Messiah. And if you hung out with Paul after Paul was converted to believe in the Messiah, if you hung out with Paul, you would see a man whose life was devoted to Yahweh and to Yeshua. You would see a man that loved Yahweh. And by by loved Yahweh, I mean a man that kept Yahweh's commandments. Paul was not a lawless man. After he came to Yeshua the Messiah, he didn't turn into a lawless man. But Paul is telling us in Philippians 3, that's not where I put my confidence because I am not worthy when it comes to standing before the throne room of Almighty Yahweh. I don't want to be found in all that. I want to be found in Him. All of that is not enough. Circumcised the eighth day is not enough. As a matter of fact, that wasn't even a decision of Paul. That was a decision of his parents from the tribe of Benjamin. It's not enough. And as a matter of fact, that wasn't a decision of Paul either. Saul of Tarsus did not get to choose that he would be an Israelite from the tribe of Benjamin. That too was by Yahweh's providential working. That Saul was even an Israelite from that tribe. Paul didn't have anything to do with that. All of that was not enough. I don't put confidence in that. I want to be found in the Messiah. I want to be found in Yeshua. Brother Lon blessed me when he mentioned about how he went off to work this morning and he shouldn't have. One of the things I love about Brother Lon, and it's okay for me to boast about him because the Bible says in Proverbs 27, let another man lips praise thee and not thine own, a strangers and not thine own lips. One of the things I love about Brother Lon is that he's honest and transparent. There's been many times that he said here in the congregation, I'm with family And so I'm just going to tell the truth. I need your help. I did this. It wasn't right. I did that. I don't feel right about it. And I want to do better. Brothers and sisters, that's how we all need to be. All of us need to be that way. We need to be here to help one another out. And when one of us falls, we need to pick him up, brush him off and say, Brother, it's okay. Blessed are the merciful. For it is they that shall obtain mercy. We don't need to put confidence in our flesh. 
any time, you've always been dealing with me a lot lately, that any time I have a thought, a negative thought, or a judgmental thought about somebody else, it's almost like Yahweh puts a thought to go along with that that says, but Matthew, what about you in this area? And it, and it closes my mouth. And instead of me wanting to, to judge my brother, my sister, or my child, I want to reach out and help them. We have nothing to boast about. Paul came to that realization. Anything that you are, you are by the grace of Yahweh. Anything that you have spiritually, any faith that you have, it's because Yahweh gave it to you. Anytime that you're able to want to come to church or to want to pray or to want to study, there is a reason that that want to is in your heart. And it doesn't come from the natural Adam. It comes from the spiritual man. The psalmist David prayed in Psalm 51, Create in me a clean heart, O Yahweh, because he could not create that heart himself. Brothers and sisters, Paul knew my confidence doesn't need to be in what I used to have confidence in. My confidence is to be found in the Messiah. Paul understood that the closer that he walked towards Yahweh, the more he viewed Yeshua's life, the Savior that Yahweh sent. The less he had confidence in who he was and what he thought his accomplishments were. See, Yeshua opened Paul's understanding to more than the letter of the law. Read Romans 7. Paul now realized now that he's no longer a part of the party of the Pharisees, Paul writes the letter to the Romans. And in Romans 7, Paul says, the good things that I want to do, sometimes I don't do them. Evil is present and I choose evil instead. And sometimes the evil things that I look at and don't want to do, I fall into the trap of doing those things. See, what Paul had done is became honest and transparent. Before, when he was a Pharisee, by the letter of the law, you couldn't look at him outwardly and accuse him. But he still had those struggles then. He just wouldn't let you know about them. The Pharisees would do that. Paul understood. He opened up. He said, I was alive in Romans 7 at one time without the law, but when the commandment came, that which was meant as life to me brought death because it showed me my sin. And he mentions, out of all the commandments he could have mentioned in Romans 7, you know which one he mentions? He mentions the 10th commandment, thou shalt not covet. He says, I read the commandment, do not covet, and it accused me, and it showed me that I was a transgressor. We wouldn't think, you know, that commandment, why did you pick that commandment, Paul? They're all commandments. They're all Yahweh's law. Paul recognized that's not where my confidence is. My confidence is in the Savior. See, no matter how much the Spirit, the Holy Spirit produces sanctification in us, Sanctification is when we become more holy, and we do. By Yahweh's grace, the older we get, the more mature we get, if we're in Christ, Yahweh sanctifies us, and we become more holy and set apart according to do His will. But, no matter how much the Spirit produces sanctification in us, no matter how close we walk with Yahweh, we still fall short from being unblemished. 
Enoch walked with Yahweh, the Bible says, in such a way that Yahweh took him. Hebrews says that he did not see death. Noah, in Genesis 6-7, through the same thing is said about Noah. He walked with Elohim. He walked with Yahweh. According to Genesis 7, Noah was the only righteous man on the earth at that time. But Noah was not unblemished. (laughs) He wasn't a lawless man, but he wasn't unblemished. Noah wasn't without fault. Noah had problems too. Anybody that has ever been saved has not been saved by their works, but they've been saved by the grace of Yahweh. And so Paul therefore writes in one of his epistles, I am what I am by the grace of Yahweh. We still all fall short from the perfection of the Lamb of Yahweh. Where is boasting then? It is certainly not in our list of gains. And if Paul's list of gains that we went through in verses 5 through 6, if he said that his list was filth compared to Yeshua the Messiah, then Matthew's list is filthy filth compared to Yeshua the Messiah. I don't have anywhere the credentials that Paul used to have. Brothers and sisters, we cannot save ourselves. Yahweh sent us a Savior. Yahweh sent us a Passover lamb. Let's place our confidence in Him. Let's have the righteousness from Yahweh based upon faith in His Son, Yeshua the Messiah. Let's stand and close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank You for another new moon. Thank You for another time of fellowship in the congregation. Thank You for everything that was said and thank You for the peace that I have in my heart right now. Father Yahweh, sometimes I think we, uh, sometimes I think, Father Yahweh, we, we pray to you for things, and I think sometimes you answer us with with a no, because you know what's best for us, and your grace is sufficient. And I pray that you'd help me to see that, and anyone else that needs that in their life. Um, I don't like thorns in the flesh. I don't like problems. But I do know this. They keep me on my knees and keep my faith and my focus directed towards heaven. Father, I pray that Philippians chapter 3 would be chewed on this week, meditated upon, harmonized with other passages and loved. May we come to the same realization that your chosen apostle came to place our confidence in the Messiah. It's through him we pray. Amen.